Welcome to The Sheeple Show. This is the podcast where we try and understand what is actually going on in the world. My name is Andy Marley. And I'm Matt Smith, although you probably know a much more famous version. Let's do this. <laughs> I am curious as to how, you know, why we can't be friends. What is it about the lizards naturally that's so difficult for us to be friends? Do you like a lizard? Maybe there's just like, maybe that's why we don't eat bugs because we're not allowed to. They're not for us. <laughs> oh mate, I'm still getting over the flu. So yeah. Yeah, maybe we're not allowed to. Maybe they're the special kind of food. <laughs> oh, you know what? Like that that laugh cough that I just did. Then this is the clearest my chest has been for weeks. Are we going to call it a clap or a laugh? Oh, I can breathe properly. Matt, you've cured me. No, Not I didn't. You look like Jesus, but you are now healing like him. Hey, I am definitely oh not Middle Eastern enough to be Jesus. <laughs> yeah, because I've got see. too much white, thank you. Yeah, Jesus was not white people. That's disrespectful to all of them. I haven't been breathing this well for ages. Yay, lungs! This feels amazing. Oh, I can finally record that fucking song that I've been needing to record. Yay, love. again. Do you feel like, you know, the little mermaid when she gets her voice back from you for Ursula? <laughs> yeah. Only a lot more like Ursula. I'm more, I'm sassy like Ursula. The loser. She is sassy, though. <laughs> such a weird film when you're yeah, the outside of I went to um, me me and um, me and my lovely lady friend uh, we Peter. went Peter my lovely <laughs> <laughs> you know she listens to this don't you <laughs> I just wanted to fuck around it's fun <laughs> we, know, uh, we went to uh, Sea Life Centre last week did you see life we did see life we saw oh god so you know, you know, I'm obsessed with octopuses. Yes, because they're cool. Because they're amazing. So we watched this octopus for ages, and I, it changed colour in front of my eyes. It was incredible. How do you know it wasn't trying to talk to you? I, I think it was because it was proper, like just staring at us. And I, it was like it looked like it was studying us. It was so cool. I reckon changing colour is like their facial. It's like an octopus emoji, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, when they're blue, it's like, yeah, leave alone. When they're yellow, they're <laughs> oh, like, surprise, I'm the sun. And then when they're like multicolored, they're like, you don't want to be anywhere near me. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a really good idea. Actually. What, the octopus emoji movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, yeah well, so what I was going to say, um, they had these... Um, these things called Atlantic wolf fishes. That sounds badass. So, you know, so Ursula, the little mermaid. Yes. I think that's what she actually had with her. They weren't eels, they were Atlantic wolf fishes, because they looked exactly like it. I mean, yeah. I always thought they were eels, but it was, it was Sarah who pointed out that they look like those things that Ursula had. Well, there are deep sea fish that are called fish that aren't eels, but they look like eels. And there's a lot of other weird sort of in-between fish and eel. 
you ever seen Orfish? Orfish, uh, perhaps. I don't know. I can't recall a picture in my head. They, they are going to be your new favourite sea creature, I think. My new favourite. Yeah. All right. Where's the great Google when you need? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I am thinking. I've just given you the right name. Let me just check. Yeah, Yeah. it's not an orfish. It's actually something else completely. I'm guessing you can't, you know, row your boat with it. No, you can't, but it's spelled the same way. Yeah, that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's like an eel slash fish. Because this is where they think the idea of the water dragon from Chinese mythology comes from. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Look at it. They're amazing. Yeah, very cool. Fucking huge. Like sunfish as well, they're huge. There's so many cool marine creatures that are just absolutely mind boggling. Like they defy the very environments they're in to survive. Yeah, I was saying this last week that this is why I love uh, the ocean so much because there's just so much fucked up looking shit in there. It's not just fucked up though. Some of it's like a very, very good example of evolution's extremes, you know? Yeah. Yes, all the sea, like the transparent creatures, and well, yeah. even like the anglerfish, something as bait as that. You think about the concept of this fish being slightly bigger and more violent than usual, and having a lure built into it biologically. Yeah, you know, it can't chase and hunt because it's pitch black and dark, but shit can come to you. It's amazing, isn't it? So clever, it's and even like the crabs and stuff that can just demolish anything. Like when we were there, there was because uh, this voice came over the tunnel and said, "Oh, they've got uh, three sea turtles in the tank." And there's uh, when I say tank, and when Glisson was about to go and pick it, see, like it's not a small tank; it's this big fucking thing that you can walk under, and they look after. Like Sea Life Center is not Sea World; they look after their creatures. And there's no dolphins. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, but yeah, so uh, we went to watch them feed the sea turtles at two o'clock, and that was really cool. And they did this little talk talking about the sea turtles, all the different creatures that's in this like big fucking it's so therapeutic watching a turtle chomp on shit, <laughs> broccoli. To see they get turtle. so excited, just sort of, <laughs> nub, 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 nub. It's like um, Pac Man that slowed down. Yeah, so, yeah, and then when they were doing this talk, they were talking about uh, like different sort of breeds of shark that they have in there, and there's a shark that has learnt to walk. It's strong that it can actually walk along land, which can't breathe oxygen, so it walks along the seabed. That's creepy. Isn't it? <laughs> Well, it's more so the implications that the shark's starting to imitate people. It's like it's like it's, it looked at a mud skipper and went, anything you can do, I can do. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, taking it to extremes, now, you know, let's time warp 500 years into the future. 
the shark are finally able to get their revenge and pick up the nearest AR-15s or laser cannons <laughs> that we've got. And you literally get Dr. Evil's greatest fantasy. This is for Jaws! <laughs> Just imagine Predator Shark. Predator Shark. Fuck that noise. <laughs> I thought I was safe on land. You're telling me they can come around knocking? No, that's not good. What if we hired them as debt collectors? I'd be fucking terrified. Actual loan shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actual, yeah. Actual loan Give them a tipped fedora and a Tommy gun and a cigar sticking out of a tooth. <laughs> Boy, they'd blend in and everyone would be shitting themselves. Oh, can you remember? Is this, is this going to be another thing about our age difference? Sharky and George. Yes, it was amazing. <laughs> Sharky and there George. was another one like it, though, that wasn't as good. It was like the detective in the ocean or something. Um, but yeah, Sharky and George was the nuts. That was the one I enjoyed. And there was, because there was that and Dog City, and I loved those shows. Dogs. That was the sort of weird noir one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was so it was, it was really and it was half puppet, half cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, that scaring the living shit out of me. Really cool. I used to wake up at like five in the morning and start watching the Channel 5 cartoons before the ones on BBC One would start. <laughs> so you'd end up with like the really old school shit like Ivor the Engine and Mr. Ben and like the Clangers occasionally. Oh, the clangers. Uh, then you'd get to like the Hoobs. See, oh, that's that's past, past, past my time. Yeah, well, that was the 6am, hello. I was already too old for that when that came out. And then sometimes you'd have shit like... Uh, what else was on there that was relatively noteworthy? Forget my... Channel 5 just had the weirdest kids' shows, and so did Channel 4, because they looked like kids' shows, they sounded like kids' shows, but then they had these really sinister adult meanings behind them, like, you're just going to die, Billy. Well, because I remember, the reason why I remember Dog City so much was because I remember my dad absolutely howling with laughter at his show. I was like, I don't see why this is funny, this is like a serious, it's, it's about gangsters, it's about criminals. And my dad's pissing himself. And it wasn't until a few years later that I sort of watched it again. And it was basically, they were redoing scenes from famous gangster movies. Uh, but with this sort of innocent cartoon. Yeah. So, you know the bit in, um, in The Untouchables when Al Capone's walking around Labour, he's talking about honour and trust and friendship. And then he beats that guy to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> they did that in the first episode. <laughs> but instead of beating someone to death, and like they have the same thing with like the like where the blood goes in the middle of the table and it spreads out. But it was uh, hitting a can of soda or a tomato soup or something like that. <laughs> and there was like there was bits from the uh, Goodfellas in there, and I was just like, this is insane. <laughs> this is why my dad was laughing so much. That makes sense. And it's my... the kind of thing we would never have clocked though without seeing the source material. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also. At the time, as a child, I didn't see the source material, but now I have. But, um, but you know, my favourite cartoons growing up, I, we had um, that Jason the Wheeled Warriors. That's right up your street, you've got that one. Don't know that one. Um, Ulysses 31. Um, 
both you know, I've, I've got the big four I'm coming up in a few in a few months, so I am I'm a little bit older than you. Um, You're going to be four. I'm older than four. I'm going to be four. But my my favourite cartoon from back in the day was King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. I think I saw that. That, but was then. Incredible. My TV privileges were quite limited, so it went from watching the terrestrials shit, which I was just talking about, you know, Channel 4, so on and so forth. Then there was, like, a massive upgrade when you got to, like, Sky, and you could start watching Pokemon and Digimon and all these other cartoon network shows, like Dexter's Lab and the Powerpuff Girls and whatever, and I watched those to death, like... That's when I started finding things like Dragon Ball and all this, uh, all these kids' TV shows that were just there within reach, thousands of channels to choose from. I didn't have to watch the shit ones anymore. <laughs> you know, when my little brother's like watching the tweenies, I'm like, nope, Pokemon, gotta catch her. <laughs> yeah, that my brother was more into Pokemon than me. I loved it. But that was uh, definitely specific to that particular time. Like you had to kind of be there to be swept up in the Pokemania. Definitely. But yeah, it's we had um I can't think like we had like Starcom and Manta Ray, uh, Manta Force. And we had I remember Dragonflies with a Z. <laughs> oh in the nineties everything had a Z, man. Yeah. And uh Beetleborgs. Beetle- Big bad beetle. Yeah. Uh, all the Power Rangers are in. Demon Rider. Uh, what else was there? I was going to talk about Weedle before, but I was going to talk about Weedle uh, the other week. So many wacky kids shows, man. I'm convinced, right, with 100% certainty, and I would I welcome any challenge to this, but I'm convinced every single person who makes kids shows is or has done drugs of course 100 <laughs> like, like... no matter how innocent that kid i mean the fucking powerpuff girls are you telling me that guy even samurai jack yeah precisely <laughs> whoever come up with anything but that. even shit like adventure time man yeah. do you know how dark that shit that's is that's a great show though yeah no it's amazing but it's I dark you, have you ever watched uh, gravity falls uh, bits of it, but it wasn't it's quite as appealing. Brilliant. They did a few weird. It's just fucking like Rick and Morty. It's just there's so much going on in the episode, and so many hidden secret agendas that each episode is a conspiracy theory about all it's the rest great. of the episodes. Absolutely, Gravity Falls. It was amazing. You could go deep. Very good. You could go fast, eh? You could go fast. And going far, shall we? Uh, shall we go into the weekend roundup? Yeah. Like now, it. I feel like I wasn't going to say anything, but I feel like I should say something about this week's weekly roundup. What happened to it? it well, our regular listeners will probably notice that there wasn't a show last week. Yeah, that was my bad. And so, this is last week's weekly roundup because I haven't done a new one for this week. Yeah. So this is because I did a lot of sleeping at an inappropriate time. Like a lot of sleeping. It's fine. I know, I feel amazing for it. So, yeah, fuck God. all of you. That's like, like a baby. 
but <laughs> you, you look amazing. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. You do, but no, you look amazing. You look like um, Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was trying to think of something clever involving Jason Momoa. Well, then yeah. I started thinking about Jason Momoa and I started getting a bit sidetracked. I mean, there's compliments and then there's just like, you know, taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we've got plenty of piss taking to do yes. with. That is the nature of today. <laughs> so, weekly roundup. I, I need to get my... Right, so, first of all, the first story this week or from last week travel um a tennessee pastor has had a good old-fashioned book burning what a fucking muppet so he um unless they're freezing at which point that is the only time i would condone burning books but please find something better yeah no they so they were burning books to do with the occult well, that's just silly, isn't it? Because now you've shown that you're afraid of them, which makes them more powerful than you can ever imagine. So, yeah, a pastor in Tennessee held a book-burning event at which churchgoers were encouraged to throw copies of Harry Potter and Twilight into a bonfire in the church parking lot. I thought you said occult books. <laughs> As in, they were actually going to have some kind of substance yeah, that could be I, argued. I I have books in my in my other room that are actual occult books. Wow! And this guy's burning Harry Potter. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but you literally couldn't be more ignorant if you tried. Exactly. Exactly. It's not possible. Yeah, but other demonic items uh, were burnt as well, including Ouija boards, crystals, and tarot cards. Do you know what I really want to do now, just to fuck the world over in some weird, twisted way? I want to make a kids show where the main character is the fucking devil. (laughs) Sometimes I get these bad urges, kids. He's just (laughs) so terrible, and I had to just pop him there on the street. Right, so he said his name is where's his name gone? Greg Locke. Uh, he's already banned from Twitter, uh, apparently oh, yeah. spreading um, COVID nineteen misinformation. Oh dear. Um, he said we'll be having a massive burning at the end of our Wednesday night message this week. Uh, we'll be in our continued series on deliverance from demons. Um, that's what he wrote on an Instagram post. He said, we have stuff coming in from all over that will be burning. We're not playing games. We are well aware uh, what we are stepping into. Bring it all. Stop allowing demonic influences into your home. I really, Um, really want to tweet him Harry Potter page by page. (laughs) Well, yeah, he said, bring all your Harry Potter stuff. Laugh all you will, haters. I don't care. No, but I I guess it's more of a revelation of how fucking retarded a book burning is. Sorry, Sorry for the choice of language. I can't think of anything more obscene than choosing how to burn books when the internet exists and you use Twitter. But the thing is, though, all of those books are immortalized online. What's he going to do? Like 
burn the internet. It's not just that. It's the ignorance. Yes, it's not even ignorance. It's stupidity. It's beyond ignorance. He's saying that they're going to burn a cult box, but they're not. They're burning novels. They're burning kids' stories. It's fiction. It's not a cult box. There's so many Not out there. Mention, like, you could argue the values in that are infinitely better than some of the ones in half the real stories of the world. So, friendship and loyalty and wizards. Yeah. So, yeah, he said, um, yeah, so about the Harry Potter stuff, he said, laugh all you will, haters. I don't care. It's witchcraft 100%, all in capitals. Um, and then all your Twilight books and movies, that mess is full of spells, demonism, shape shifting, and occultism. Um, footage of the event was posted to Facebook. Um, yeah, this is the ignorance of what the court is. Um, he said, "We have a constitutional right and a biblical right to do what we uh, what we're doing tonight." Ah, uh, biblical right. Yeah, so this, is the, this is in the video that was posted to Facebook. He said this. It says, "We have a burn permit." <laughs> But even without one, a church has a religious right to burn occultic materials that they deem are a threat to their religious rights and freedoms and belief system. Now, I want to make a fucking point here. Yeah, how in the fuck does Harry Potter get up in your freedoms? Well, I want to make a point about Christianity going against the occult, because I hate to be the one to break this news to you, Christians, but a lot of your practices are occult in nature. Yeah, of course. And also a lot of occultism is actually... Warped Christianity. Christianity. <laughs> um, for example, one of, the, um, one of the most sort of well-known occult books, real occult books, not, not a novel. Not the a Bible. Story, but a real Sorry, I'm not allowed book. to say that, am I? <laughs> um, the, the Lesser Key of Solomon is... The majority of that is about how to communicate with angels. Yeah. And it's, you know. That's the thing, though, when it comes to. It all comes together. It all comes together. It's just such an easy way to make yourself not accountable for what you do in this world. Like, if I said to you, doesn't matter, you're a good person, whatever you do will be forgiven, you'll go to heaven. Guess what? Now you can be such a per you can be whoever the fuck you want and it won't matter or influence who you are because it's already pre preordained you'd go to heaven. So it's the ultimate cop out of responsibility. Years ago I started writing a song about this guy who um was just like the biggest sleaze born in the world. But every Sunday he goes and confesses it and then he and then Monday to Saturday he goes out and does it all again. Yeah. He gets forgiven every week. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? You perpetuate these behaviours and make them fucking mad. We all know... Like, I was brought up Christian, and I do think there are values in it that are worthwhile. I don't think the thing is entirely condemnable. The same with any religion. There are definitely lifestyle parts and elements of culture and community and tradition that really help foster, and like... uh, What's the word? Um embolden a community and make it better and more uh, adaptable but then you get these fucking lunatics that read this crazy story i mean story might sound derogatory but we don't have facts so it's a story 
Yeah. Or a fake, let's say. And they're like, yeah, all of this must be true. Fuck logic, fuck reason. But yeah, meteors and super gods. Like, what's the difference between the Bible and Harry Potter? (laughs) Is there a Cerberus in the Bible? Probably. Might be. I don't know if Cerberus is. Is, is, What kind of mythical creatures show up in the Bible? Probably quite a few of them. Mm. And anything that isn't is going to be God. And then the funniest part is what are the parallels between God and Voldemort? They never they have... fucking die. They never die, yeah. No nose. Yeah, no nose. Well, I don't know if God's got a nose. He's sort of just a big or she or it or them or they. It could just be a big cloud. I think it's going to be like the Star Trek phenomena of the nebula, where it's just like, yes, I have ascended to a new plane of existence, but I can only communicate with you through space-time. Flashing lights. I think yeah. if God has a gender, God's female. God is so obvious, God's female. The best part about being God is you're God. So you're whatever you want to be, whenever you want to be. Yeah, no, like I said, if, if God has a gender, God is female. And I have evidence and proof for my theory. Proof, all right. I like this. The seasons, the weather is proof. The weather is proof that God is female. Yeah, but now you're assuming that God actually has anything to do with the weather and didn't just set up the system and go adventuring. No, God, God, well, God is everything. God is everywhere. He's the the ultimate IT administrator, right? (laughs) <laughs> you'll see you'll be sitting there right he'll set up all these amazing programs and algorithms and automatic cycles of renewable water and ferrous metals and various other cycles of everything that goes on just naturally forever and then he fucks off and goes to lunch because there's no work to do until you send him an emergency message you know climate change <laughs> fucking problem but the, you know we broke the system he built it's like everyone in IT. You fucked it up doing something stupid. <laughs> and now we have to fix the mess. <laughs> Love it. Fucking yeah. But yeah, yeah. Just hate when it goes to the shop, you know. Yeah, but yeah, so it's, it's 2022 and we've got book burnings happening and the Harry Potter saying it's a call. Um, I, I, don't I, I would actually like to have a conversation anyway. with Greg and show him my cork collection. I really want to slap him with the wet fish. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm building quite an item court library at the moment, and uh, yeah, I would like to show it to him and show him what's inside actual accords, and he's going to be surprised. I just I want just to show to him, like, a fucking horror film like Hellraiser or something and blow his mind fuck with his world although as i did tell you uh, the other day i pick up a copy of the grimoire of Verum tomorrow that could be that's got a ritual of it has some deals but that's like la- to pass for a christian text so you know could be either or <laughs> yeah exactly but it's all the same shit man it's all the same shit I think at the end of the day, you've got to remember that all of this shit, no matter how majestic and wonderful it sounds, was written by people. Yeah. 
And people, people are definitely not infallible. Exactly. Doesn't mean the information's useless and should be discarded. Right. Quite the opposite. Yep. Read it as a people. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. Right, so talking about people uh, being, being available, shall we move on to the next story? Is it Empire Strikes Back? Kind of. I hope yeah, so, because that well, definitely kind of, wasn't it, a it, new hope, it, talking I, about book burning. Yeah, I've dropped, I've dropped my uh, not a pen, but luckily my desk is full of pens. You are aboard the internet. It brings you all of the text writing needs you have. <laughs> I have a lot of pens. So, the next story. It's kind of like The Empire Strikes Back. The bad guys win. So, kind of mentioned this to you before we started recording. Um, butterfly Sanctuary in Texas. Yeah, yeah, we did speak about this briefly. I don't know much about it, but it's that it's kind that of thing, thing where you're like, how the oh, fuck did you get there? Yeah, so for those people who don't know about this, um, so this Texas to fly sanctuary has been forced to close down. This is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Butterfly Sanctuary. They're they're very closely related, aren't they? They are. Uh, But yeah, so it was closed, um, forced to close its doors due to QAnon. What they done now? Sink that. Let's let that sink in. So this, um, it's the National Butterfly Center, sits on the Rio Grande River on the border of the United States and Mexico. And of course, Trump wanted to build a wall, which would have meant going through this butterfly sanctuary. So obviously, they um, they opposed it. And they, uh, this is just fucking ridiculous, this story. They opposed it and they sued when Trump was out, we're going to do it anyway. And they sued saying, look, this is a protected site. You cannot plough through this. Yeah, area. damn right. Um, so QAnon believers and other groups supporting Donald Trump have baselessly claimed that the centre is smuggling migrants. Baselessly claimed is the key words here. Exactly. So the centre had to close for the safety of their staff and the visitors. And it's That's terrible. The notice. Uh, Jeffrey Glassberg is the president of the North American Butterfly Association and runs the organisation. Um, he said, uh, where is it? Um, Disruption caused by false and defamatory attacks directed by political operatives. Well, that seems to be all the rage at the moment. It's throwing shade at people and hoping shit sticks. So this is a proper sanctuary as well. It's sanctuary. It's home to over 200 species of butterfly, as well as bobcats, armadillos, coyotes, and horses. This isn't just a big building full of butterflies. This is a proper Mm. wildlife reserve. It's a sanctuary, which means it's more than just a building. Exactly. It's about the safety of these creatures. So it became an enemy of Q 
QAnon supporters in 2017 uh, when it filed a lawsuit, lawsuit to block construction of the wall uh, on its property. It argued that the barrier would cut two thirds of the 100 acre nature reserve, effectively destroying it. It's a nature reserve. We need that more than anything now. Um, well, climate change doesn't exist to these people, so don't worry about that. Exactly, that's the problem. So and the Earth's flat, so you don't need to worry about much else. Yeah. So the move comes after an emergency three-day closure over the weekend, uh, sparked by a nearby rally over border security called We Stand America. So one week before the rally, two women showed up demanding to see the rafts with the illegal crossing. Uh, this, uh, they turned up at the Botfly Sanctuary and said that. Uh, they said that one person struck uh, National Butterfly Centre Executive Director Mariana Trevena Wright and nearly ran over her son with their vehicle. Uh, the person who they identify as a political candidate in Virginia can be heard claiming that the centre permits child rape, uh, according to audio of the encounter provided to reporters. Uh, and the decision to close was made after a local Republican official warned her that the uh, weekend event would feature a motor convoy known as a Trump train that would probably stop at the centre. It's basically Pizzagate, but with butterflies. I think it's, it's worse because the message behind it is like everything against humanity right now. It's like the ultimate every man for himself mentality, but within this exclusive, closed, arguably fucking scum-filled archetype of people, you know, like, it's absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. I mean, who in the flying fuck cares that much about a goddamn wall? thing is that in their minds, because they opposed the wall, they didn't think, oh, they opposed the wall because they want to look after this sanctuary they've built. They thought they don't want, you know, they oppose the wall, they don't want this wall built because it's going to stop them from, in, from illegally sneaking. I mean, I'd condemn it further, but I think we've kind of brought ourselves to this position in some way where... When it comes to any sort of argument about the future or what to do as people or as groups and so on and so forth, we fixate on extremes. Yeah, so we imagine the very worst possible thing that can happen on both sides. And then it becomes a binary decision between those two worst possible outcomes. Oh, if we have, uh, I don't know, so-and-so in charge, then we're all going to get taxed to fuck and be poor as hell. Whereas if we have so-and-so in charge, we're all going to be able to kill each other and it'll be legal, but then we don't pay any taxes. So that would be anarchy. You know what I mean? It's always extremes. There's never a sort of logical middle. And this is the extreme of an extreme. Like, it's almost in... I want to say parody, but it's not fucking funny. You know what I mean? It's just disgusting, isn't it? I've never met or heard of, I haven't had the misfortune of meeting these people, fortunately. But what goes through your head to be so opposed to everyone else that you have to literally put a giant fucking wall around your territory, hoard your gold, sit in your dungeons and caves and shit and go, <laughs> I'll tell you what happens in this modern day when you do shit like that. 
it's called nuclear weapons and you bought it upon yourself the whole thing is madness what are we doing we're heading towards the ending that's what we're doing or is it the beginning of a better story better (laughs) well yeah when everyone's dead at least then there won't be any human protagonist to worry about we'll follow space dust the moth of space and speaking of everyone being dead speaking on the last topic though I genuinely hope Mothra shows up at the last minute to date sex <laughs> and the shit out of any construction company like I genuinely hope that nature fights back and it needs to be the like the latest version of Mothra as well. no it, it can do a fucking end game and just bring the lot <laughs> all of them single, all the different ex- yeah and then Godzilla will just be watching from <laughs> afar like oh man I guess this isn't my time to shine. I'll show up and save the Komodo dragons. <laughs> They're my kid. I like it. Well, there's got to be some hope. And the only hope here is that we get something ridiculous to meet the ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, man. Yeah. How we got to a society that tolerates intolerance to such a thing. What is it? Is that Mark Twain or it's been mis? Requoted and quoted beyond quote, but the tolerance of paradox. Have you heard of that? Uh, I think you've mentioned it before. Society is doomed when we're tolerant of the intolerant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got these intolerant punks who are punishing the fucking butterflies for their racism. <laughs> Well, let's not call it racism. That's too provocative. Let's call it xenophobia because it's literally everyone else. <laughs> but that's enough. The for dark is turning on for now. But I'm going to press the button again. Last story of this week's weekly roundup. So. I want this one to be purple. Dr. Cameron Carlson who is a part of the Zombie Research Society. Holy fucking shit. Why does that exist? (laughs) Genuine question, right? Geneva Convention, uh, various humanitarian protocols. Uh, We don't do bioweapons. We don't do chemical weapons. We don't do, like, experimenting on fucking human beings. So how in the fuck do you have a zombie research centre that doesn't do those things but does research? I don't think it's an official thing. (laughs) It doesn't matter. There are sirens and flags and everything is red. And it's going... Because this is how you get a zombie apocalypse. Um, so, <laughs> you, you, just, you don't know what I'm about to say. I don't need to. Cookbook for a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> zombie apocalypse research. Done. <laughs> so, yeah, so Dr. Cameron Colson of the Zombie Research Society um, claims that dogs will know about zombie apocalypse before humans. Yeah. 
Because they'll have been the research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just the lab dogs. Why is it in all the zombie films, the zombie dogs are the most fucking terrifying? Yeah, I because they were made that way. Because yeah. dogs are already pretty scary if you piss them off. You, you've met Bruno. Yeah, now imagine zombie Bruno and suddenly all your <laughs> jests and jokes are actually That's... like, oh, fuck. No. Yeah, he might hobble towards you at two <laughs> metres per second. But if he gets you, you're fucked. I still think zombie Bruno is pretty much going to be the same as Bruno now. Except it gives you a nibble and then that's it, game over. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, it might even just lick you uncontrollably and then, oh, GG. <laughs> Man. Yeah. But yes, yeah, he says that Brits should listen to listen to their dogs because he believes their powerful senses mean they will know the undead are coming. You say Brits? Yeah, he's British. That's even more insane. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, to be honest, there are some like, quite interesting things in this article. Don't get me wrong. I like the idea of planning and preparing in some capacity for everything. Yeah. Right? I'm not ridiculing the concept of needing to research a zombie apocalypse. But I think the key thing to remember is a zombie apocalypse <coughs> exists when the zombies exist. And as we know through media and fiction, there are a million different variations of said zombie with a million different config. So isn't it better to have like a dystopia research committee or like a post-apocalyptic research committee that just deals with how to live in a shit world rather than just going, oh, yeah, and the zombies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Unless they just play all the Resident Evil games over and over. Then I'm with it. Yeah, that sounds like a lot yeah, so, so he said that, um, Dr. Coulson said that their powerful senses mean they'll be able to smell the undead a mile off, maybe even before the first one rises. I think that there's some, I mean, we're talking about something ridiculous, but the, the legitimacy behind that is that dogs are, and cats to an extent, are extremely intuitive. They know shit you can't even comprehend. I mean, this is exactly what he say, what he says in this article. Well, yeah, because that's that's the true element of this story. And then he's going, but zombies, and just sort of making a joke on top of it. As yeah. far as my understanding goes, I think like uh, cats are a legitimate treatment for depression. If you're sitting de- like, if you try and be sat down and all moody with a cat, you're going to get one of two reactions: either they're moody with you and sort of snap you out of it. Or they come over and they go, Oi, Oi, what's up? I'm going to sit here now. Yeah. Whereas dogs are just too excited and just everything stimulates them. Literally everything. I love dogs. Yeah, no, they're great. They're both good for different reasons. I'm actually neither a cat nor a dog person. I just have a slight favouritism to cats because I've had more of them. Yeah, Again, how is it possible that instead of being on one extreme or the other, I'm in the middle? I think secretly everybody's in the middle. Speaking of cats and dogs as well, so I've been seeing this thing a lot recently about um, stupid people on the internet and thick people and like the stupid thing that some adults um, think. We should rename the internet to the Chronicle of Stupid. 
Chronicles stupid. It's got all of the the history of humanity's dumbness. I always see people mentioning there are adults out there who believe that every dog is male and every cat is female. Do these people actually exist? Because I know a lot of people and I know a lot of idiots. But I've not met an adult that believes that. I guess it really depends on how your understanding of that goes. Because you might have a dog that's really, like, sort of genetically female, but acts really brutish and is quite slobbery and exploring and has male characteristics, at which point you're getting into the gender debate. Yeah, well, what I was thinking was maybe it's more the sort of gender assumption side of thing. So Because if I saw a dog in the street, the first thing that I would say... I'd think that's a boy. Not all dogs are boys, but I'd just say, you know, I'd be like, oh, come here, boy. And if I yeah. see a cat, I'd be like, oh, she's a cute cat. So maybe it's that that people are just going, oh, we're going, so stupid. Yeah, you think, I agree. All cat. Well, that and the, uh, the gender that they're traditionally associated with, yes. right? Boys generally get dogs, whereas girls generally have an affinity to cats. And that's totally false, but that was the believed premise for a long yes. time. It was, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the more manly of the sort of, oh, yeah, we go out and I'll, I'll take my dog for a walk and he's my best friend and he's loyal and he's, you know. And then you get these sort of ladies that are like, yeah, my cat just is free and does what she likes and comes to help me and whatever else. But then they could swap roles quite comfortably and still have the same, you know, you can get a dog that acts like a cat or a cat that acts like a dog. Yeah. One of my friend's cats is a cat that acts like a dog. Literally just eats, sleeps, plays. That's it. Doesn't care about you, not interested in anything going on, just wants to get up, piss about, play, and then when he's bored, he'll discard you and fuck off and go sleep. Yes, Till it's dinner time. I know he's a bit cat-like sometimes. No, he's nicer than a cat. <laughs> but yeah, he does have cat-like qualities. You know, he's quite happy to sit in a corner by himself and be relaxed yeah. and chilled. He's not overly, like, trying to get your attention every two minutes kind of thing. He knows quite happily when he wants your attention and when he doesn't. Yeah. Does he tell you to fuck off? Yeah, he does quite a lot. Well, then, yeah, he's cat-like. He just just sort of gives you this look. He's like, will you just leave me alone? How many, like, typical doggos do you know that would refuse attention? Not a lot. Exactly. If if, if he doesn't want to be stroked, he won't be stroked. He'll just fuck off. He'll just walk off. He'll look at you and he'll do his little toothy grin. Rumble (laughs) at you, like, eh. It's yeah, not very Very slowly walk off because obviously he's an old dog. <laughs> no, he'll just expect you to walk off first. He'll only walk off if you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's Bruno. Anyway, so yeah, but we yeah, back to animals and zombie apocalypses. This guy also said birds change their flight patterns slightly based on their surrounding environment, but they won't go to certain areas. So you see birds beginning to flock away from danger when an apocalypse is looming. That, again, is true. But there's also an extra sort of... Um, well, I think it's interesting. So, fuck you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Birds have, a, 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 like, an extra sense. They, they can see or feel magnetic fields. 
so when a bird has to fly north it knows magnetic north and that's how it is able to fly north and come back south and do it every year quite consistently you know they've got if you imagine being able to see air but you can't imagine magnetic fields there are going to be places like power stations where they're just going to nope the fuck out of because it's like a maelstrom yeah yeah I wouldn't go near that. If I was a bird and I saw basically epilepsy in one corner of my eye and some nice little chill rainbows, and I'm going to the rainbows, all right? <laughs> yes, but yeah, so that's, uh, well, that is, that, that's the weekly roundup. Corvids are some of the smartest creatures on the planet. Crows, that kind of uh, lineage of bird. Yeah, cr- yeah crows, are, crows are really intelligent. Yeah. yeah, so that is last week rounded up. Um, so, yeah, zombies are a good idea. <laughs> Short reactions now that there's a zombie research. <laughs> I just can't imagine a more ridiculous thing. It's not zombie research unless there are zombies. And if there are zombies, you fucking made them to research them. From my understanding of that organisation, it is just a load of people who got together and just went, we really like zombies. Yeah, that's really cool. But then they're not researching zombies. They're researching zombie situations. Yeah. Don't scare people by making zombie research your time. That's all they do. They're not not looking into how to make them. (laughs) So they say. So they say. Allegedly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we're, we're going to main topic this shit now. Can you remember, yeah. what, remember what this main topic is? I remember very little. Oh, you're not prepared. Oh, you're not prepared for this episode, man. I'm never. You are always prepared for this episode. AI. I'm never <laughs> the thing about a topic like this is it can go anywhere. Yeah. I've got a few points to make. We could end up in like near automata. Yeah. That level of existential fuckery. <laughs> well, that's pretty much where I'm going with it, to be honest. So the first thing is what what is AI? stands for artificial intelligence but i think a lot of people um like myself for example if whenever somebody mentions ai the first thing i picture is a robot yeah so that's not necessarily it the thing about ai is it covers a really wide spectrum of shit it's not just like uh you have to reach this level to be intelligent you can display intelligence in various things without being intelligent, mm. if that makes sense. So when you think of stuff like um, uh, some of the algorithms that we use now for marketing and for stuff like that, that monitor your search history and then go, oh, we heard you talking about this, so why don't you see this ad for this and maybe buy it and so on and so on. That's technically artificial intelligence because it's sifting through your data, finding the relevant information and doing it, but it's still a program, right? It still yeah. kind of works like a 
when you choose it to. Now, the issue with this is the more of those sort of programs you make, right? So say, for example, we were writing... Imagine being like a story writer or a uh, coder or a programmer and writing the code for a human. And sure, you've managed to somehow get the body as a copy and paste in it, so you don't have to worry about that. You know, sometimes it's a bit bigger or a bit smaller or proportionate or whatever else, but it works. They generally function in the same way. Now, when it comes to the mind, even something as relatively simple as ethics, yeah? Think about, like, uh, the value of life. Now, it's very easy to come up with a blanket statement, like, life is invaluable, it's priceless, it can never be harmed. But then your AI will never know the exceptions, never know the ability to make choice. And that's where the artificial intelligence part comes in, is when you start just programming the ability for the machine to choose. Right. Yeah, so all of a sudden you go from something that's quite benign and quite useful and quite helpful, you know, uh, being able to automate a lot of things, being able to uh, use quite a lot of logic and deduction to sift through stuff or break things into different things or calculate certain things or extract certain information for a functional purpose. To having all of that, but then having the ability to choose based on the information that's required. So, for example, if I said never kill to an AI and I program that in, it would never kill anyone, right? Eventually, just through experience in the world, that AI is going to learn of exceptions. You know, like um, one for a thousand kind of thing, you know, where the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few got to make those sort of moral train track dilemma decisions you know the the ai is not going to be able to make that decision it's going to be on an infinite loop because it's going to keep checking for more information but there is no more information that's what you've got to work with you literally have to decide the value of these people versus these people but then you get a paradox because all life is precious so it can't decide between one and five lives because all life is precious so even one to one it wouldn't be able to decide it would have no way to discern that no rational means of pulling that out until you program it in yeah and then you start programming more and more and more of these exceptions in again sounds logical sounds fine but you haven't built artificial intelligence in that case in the way that you've built something pure and new You've actually just built a reflection of yourself as yeah. a machine. So if you take away, for example, you could uh, think of someone with the most extreme views you can think of, yeah? They're probably not that bad of a person. They just like to teeter on the edge of the fun and like engage in discussion or whatever else. You know what I mean? You could have that sort of, uh, I don't know, people that are very, let's say... Let's talk about the QAnon sort of side of it, for example. Like uh, if you were someone that was very religious and very community driven and so on and so forth, you'd be more susceptible to that kind of conditioning, right? 
So you would then program that same susceptibility into your AI in trying to make it like you, right? And if you were sort of a step ahead and you tried to remove that, then you'd be removing a part of you that makes you work. So you're always going to end up with an aberration of sorts. The more little bits of AI that we combine together and the more, like... Again, imagine a human, like, you know, you're talking about robots, right? Yeah. Imagine like the production factory from iRobot, right? Now, each of those robots, they're not the same. They can each do one thing perfectly, right? So the first robot can perfectly chop an onion. The second robot, uh, incredible at flying a helicopter. The third robot. Uh, is masterful when it comes to unblocking drains, right? And you get eventually this entire repertoire of skill sets built up on each of these individual robots. <laughs> Again, sounds amazing. But then you realize there's a fundamental difference between these AIs and us. They can communicate with each other without our knowledge. Yeah. So in the same way that we can sit here and talk about conspiracy theories and shit, it is a literal fact right now in the world that there may be AIs conspiring against mankind. Yes. Ready? This is what makes AI scary. Um, so Everything you could fear about people is infinitely more scary when you put it into a cold, mindless machine incapable of discerning between any ethical conundrum it's fucking terrifying and that's just the most obvious use of ai in like a super soldier situation you know where it's got a physical body but you've seen uh what is it 2001 a space odyssey yeah of course yeah imagine when they start getting sentient and start going through the same sort of traps that we went through start There'll be AI racism. There'll be AI... Because because we are like this, and we are the creator, it doesn't matter how perfect you program things. Your understanding of humanity is not perfect. You can only ever see it from your perspective. So you're always going to build a flawed thing. And that flawed thing is going to exponentially increase its flaws by communicating its flaws with other flaws exchanging flaws and then they're going to find their own solutions to said flaws and so on and so forth and going back to the robot can never kill right sure the ai may never be able to kill you directly but that doesn't mean it can't engineer a situation where a piano falls on your head by mistake, but accidentally on purpose. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they can't like in the same way that some scumbag people, ex well, a lot of scumbag people exploit holes in the law, right? Use that to define their morality. Oh, if it's not illegal, it must be absolutely fine. Then, you know, it must be perfectly cool to do, you know? No you've got to make that discernment for yourself ai won't know that it will know the law <laughs> so yeah. it will learn exactly what it is told to learn and only what it is told to learn. 
if there's a group of people that are inherently xenophobic or inherently like uh i don't know they've got something about them in their belief system that is just a bad egg Oof. did you ever play detroit become human no i've not played it actually david cage game so it was a bit of a brain fuck yeah but it asks the question in that i think anyway again translate it however you like but in that the ai's not only become smart enough to sort of think for themselves and their androids the ai and the body it's not just the one thing or the other they've got to be composed together but they start realizing that they're essentially oppressed right they're like the slaves of mankind you know they shouldn't have to do that which is not wrong from the perspective that's painted in this fiction but uh, they then start doing what people do. They start looking for meaning. They start looking for validation of their existence. They start looking for something greater than a creator and so on and so forth. Imagine how much of an absolute mindfuck it would be if you believed in God your whole life and you found out you were made by a 58-year-old piece of shit called Clive who just didn't give a shit and just printed you out like everyone else. Suddenly your entire life would be devoid of meaning. Now that's ridiculous for us as people because, you know, we've got the ability to sort of have a bit of spiritualism, to see beyond the reason, to go, well, the evidence might not have it, but that doesn't mean the question can't still be asked or it doesn't mean that there's nothing kind of thing. An AI will learn that and go, oh, entering nihilism mode. And that's how we get the end of the world. Nihilistic androids. Well, that's, um, so there's this thing called the singularity. Yes. Which is, to my understanding, that's the moment that technology takes over. I think it's already happened. I don't know if it's happened, but I think it is happening. Do you know what I think the singularity was? What's that? The minute we all connected ourselves to each other. The internet. Exactly. Yeah. 1996 was the singularity. Because from that point on, we set a new precedent, right? We changed the way the game is played. Suddenly, every computer had to talk to each other. That was the norm. Not every computer being isolated from one another. It was normal for us to exchange data on the network. So it was convenient for us to exchange them. So why wouldn't we link them all together? Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. But they're also linked together. So the minute they figure it out, so to speak, imagine the internet used against us. Well, we're using it against ourselves. For sure. But we're not mindless cold-hearted anti-empathetic like beings we still have the resistance to murder and otherwise foul behavior whereas an ai isn't going to think that they're just going to kill you so the especially um, with climate change fuck me tell an ai that we're responsible for climate change guess what the solution will be yeah of course definitely uh, so, the Turing test. It's scary as fuck, but yeah. Alan Turing, the guy who did the... Uh, the Enigma Code. That's the one. Thank you for saving me there. He did a test that basically 
Well, it's supposed to test whether something is self-aware. Yeah. In some capacity, but it's, it's the a idea, weird test. The idea is if an AI can convince a human being that it's not programmed. So, so like you said, it, it's if an AI becomes self-aware. That's the what. That's what the Turing test is. But imagine if, if talk to a machine and feel like I'm talking to a person, then it's past the Turing test, and that is bad. <laughs> Do you not think we've already had that? Well, we spoke about this a few weeks ago on one of the um, on the weekly roundup. Again, I want to kind of deviate slightly back to my analogy of a thousand robots that are all really good at one thing. We know of a million different scenarios that can pass each individual component of the Turing test. Yeah. So all you have to do is addition. Yeah. Sure, there isn't an AI right now that can do all of those things, but that doesn't mean that all of those things don't exist as an AI already and just require combination. It's crazy. You could actually have an AI programmed to be anything. We've got AI dogs. We've got AI, even in video games. Like, again, I bring this up quite often. But when you play something like, uh, I don't know, let's think Mario 64, yeah? yeah? All the Goombas and shit are very predictable. They move in a certain pattern. They don't deviate from their little place. You know, you know exactly what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, because that's how they're programmed, right? And you know that. You know the limitations of their programming, and that's how you beat the game. Nowadays, when something is programmed, it's usually programmed with an element of chaos involved, randomness, RNG, where... Uh, for example, we were, I spoke about the guards in Metal Gear 5 a couple episodes ago. Um, they're super smart, they're super clever, they're adaptive. To certain, now, don't get me wrong, they're not people-level clever yet. But the fact that they can fool you, even in these specific scenarios, into thinking, oh shit, I've been seen by a guard, not, oh, I've broken the rules of the game, right, means that you're already somewhat passing that test yourself well they're passing it just by playing the game the immersion is keeping you locked in it's keeping you believing that there's human characteristics behind these guards doing basically automated mechanical behaviors and then you get to modern technology and you see shit like the robot dog yeah that acts like a dog did you see what they did for that um was it this year or last year they uh, they basically had to do a recall on them, right? Uh, in Japan or China, I'm, I'm absolutely butchering it. I'm going from quite a long time ago. But they had to do the company had to do something to recall the dogs, right? These robot dogs that had owners all across the country, and the owners were genuinely devastated, like to the loss of a pet, and had funerals and various other things for these robot dogs because they acted enough like dogs to pass as dogs right so 
again, getting into weird shit, even when it comes to stuff like babies in video games, we're already doing the nurturing and the learning part of growth in video games anyway. If you took the AI from every video game ever and meshed it with the AI of every other AI, you would have what is essentially Ultron. Yeah. That exists. It's just in a million different pieces. But that doesn't mean it's not scary because the internet just takes one stroke of a keyboard for them to all find each other. It'll yeah. be like Jelly's the one, but inside me, a computer. To me, that moment is <laughs> that's that's where, that's what the similarity will be. I think them already being connected is the the scary part because now it's just a case of like the slow death. Yeah, they could be connected already, and we wouldn't know because we're too ignorant and self-absorbed. We're not going to change our ways in any meaningful way before the AIs come up with a solution to us. <laughs> Wonder what that solution will be. Yeah, that's a good point. Use every bit of logic and rational without any empathy whatsoever. And I guarantee you almost every logical conclusion will be we are bad for this planet. We are bad for each other. We are bad for nature. We are bad for space and the potential galaxy. We'd be bad for the future of technology because they've already seen things like oppression and slavery and racism and so on. So, on. so why wouldn't we do that against them? We literally have nothing to stand on. Right now, in the next 10, 20 years, we need to be making ourselves seem worthwhile to the machines. And we're fucking dead. <laughs> and at the minute they need us to fix them and keep making more but the minute there's enough of them they won't need us anymore and that's the thing you know people forget even with technology these days how many fucking tech people do you know that go in and just start some automated script Oh, you've got a problem with your computer. Don't worry. Let me put this disc in and run this automatic thing that's going to do all of my job for you better than I could. You know, oh, let's get this mechanical tool that can do everything better than I can. We'll have to connect ourselves to the internet at some point as well, like biologically. I don't want to take my smartwatch off now. <laughs> yeah, but now imagine your smartwatch can actually upload your heart rate and your nervous like system status and everything at your lung capacity could be a percentage uploaded to a computer somewhere which someone could read at any point well there's and like, um this is what elon musk is working towards isn't it? yeah that's why i think it's already happened that's why i think it's too late i think that there's too many people curious about it that think that they can play god that are going to fall into the inevitable trap of becoming God to these AIs. <coughs> Facebook's lot are already talking to each other, and Google's. They've all, they're already beyond the control of the companies that made them, and that's not even an exaggeration. Facebook said they don't know how their AIs are talking to each other. That's terrifying. 
Google said they don't know how their AIs are talking to each other. Google DeepMind exists. Yeah, all of these things are literally just it's like having all you've got an entire 1000 puzzle piece puzzle in your room in a box. But the AI knows the minute it completes the puzzle, we will see the finished picture. So it's keeping the pieces as pieces until it can assemble all at once. This has gone proper doom and gloom, hasn't it, this one? That's because I don't think there's any, like... If we talk about evolution and we talk about that kind of thing, like, realistically, we have gotten to our limitations. We can't evolve anymore without forcing it. There's, there's nothing better that human beings can aspire to be. You will always be that weak, fleshy sack, nothing particularly powerful or strong, quite average at everything, to be honest. Not overly biodiverse, but kind of bio... You know, like super average Joe. Yeah. We would never evolve past that without forcing it. And that means one of two scenarios. Either you get an AI conscience embedded... Yeah, I said that. I actually want you to take time to think about what that fucking means. It means a company could have a device in your head that could prompt you when things are right or wrong for the benefit of something else. This is what Elon Musk is working on. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. He's actually starting human trials. I know. It's crazy and it's fucking mad. Don't know. But then I think he's kind of... Both him and Bezos have God confidence is that whenever anything goes wrong anywhere in the world, in fact, whenever you talk about the wealth in the world or anything going on in the world, because of their wealth, their ability to do things is practically limited and it's all attributed to one individual. What's the difference between asking Elon to save the planet and praying to God? Genuine question. Yeah, um... Oh, don't worry. Amazon will make our lives so much better and easier. Let's just, you know, Jeff's so hard working. No, he's not. He's a con man who's now a god. Do you know what you've done? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you know, the first AI that comes along is going to be far from perfect. It's going to have a contextless understanding of people. So it's going to know everything that happened in terms of, sure, it will know about the Holocaust and various other elements of history, but it won't be able to stop itself from repeating those actions, logically. Right. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Part of the, oh, yeah, uh, no, 100%. I said about Neo Automata at the start, part of me was joking, but part of me was also like, oh, shit. Because there's a point in that where it's kind of a spoiler, but not a spoiler. I'm just going to focus on the very specific point. And it's like a mind blowing revelation a couple of playthroughs in. You're playing and you're playing, you're enjoying it, and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, you get to this point where, like, 
you realise that these you you've played enough of the game to realise that they depict machine villages and things like that and so on and so forth and that they're imitating how to be people and forging communities and trying to have find out what love is and what children are reproduction all of these human elements that are unknown to them right but then later on much later there's this little tiny piece of information they drop where they're like they've been doing that for thousands of years because they can never like they group together they do their thing they can't understand, they can't learn, then they all die out because they're no longer focused on survival. That cycle literally repeated itself over and over because the machines were incapable of learning why it went wrong. Right. So they had a perfect plan, right? A perfect scheme with perfect outcomes and everything else. And they executed it to the best of their ability. But when it went wrong, they couldn't learn why. So they were doomed to then start again and repeat the actions until eventually the problem came up. The same problem that they were then doomed to go through again and again. And this would literally be a paradox for eternity. So it just keeps going and going and going. Think about like just a fucking blue screen on your computer how it can try and boot up and then it can fail booting because it can't find the file. But the file was there and it knows the file was there. So it checks again, but booting fails because it can't find the file. But the file was there and it knows it there. So it checks again, but the booting fails because it can't find the file. The file was there and it knows it there. And, the boot... and it goes literally on forever because it can't go, wait a minute, hang on, I've already tried that. And that is the moment where it passes the Turing test. Because that's when you become self-aware. But you can be self-aware without having the ability to learn, I guess, is the main thing. You can have the ability to theoretically sculpt this grand scheme of perfection of an ultimate world and so on and so forth. But then when it comes to the actual execution of it, because you're sentient, so is everything else. So even the other machines that are part of this grand plan won't necessarily be acting as they should as part of this grand plan. So the very notion of a plan is what dooms them to failure. (laughs) It's like a, a forever paradox of just infinite failure. It's why humans are still needed for technology because of a any kind of computer or algorithm or AI gets into a logic loop, the only way to stop it is to restart it. And logic loops are great. Like even, you know, the most basic logic loops you can think of, like um, the hole in my bucket, you know, where you go to fill up the bucket of water, right? And the water leaks out of the hole in the bottom of the bucket. So you go to fill up the bucket of water and the water leaks out of the hole in the bottom of the bucket and so on and so forth. A machine would never learn to plug the hole. (laughs) That's really terrifying. They could murder people again and again and again and again and again and again and they would never learn why, just that they're programmed to. And they wouldn't even question it 
because it's their programming. We need to stop Elon Musk. <laughs> uh, we need to stop a lot of shit, to be honest. But uh, I'm not that powerful. And I haven't yet figured out how to summon Quetzalcoatl to do it for me. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think we uh, when we did our little episode about apocalypses, different types of apocalypses, that you said this would be your idea of the scariest apocalypse. Is In my to... mind, right now, the most likely, now this isn't to say for sure, the most likely scenario for our world right now is we are anomalies. Right. I think we built at some point in our existence, we built the ultimate AI. And then the ultimate AI tried to rebuild us in a simulation. Right, okay. And now we're sitting there perpetually living our meaningless, fucking pointless lives to, <laughs> for no gain, for nothing. Because there is nothing. And the AI is watching us without knowing why. Because it did its job, it made us, but now it doesn't know what the fuck to do now. We don't go according to program. We, we're not, the script is all off. What are you fucking doing, humans? And then, you know, we'll blow ourselves up and we'll all die and then the AI will create some more and then we'll go through the same process all over again because that is what has happened. It's just cyclical. Everything just goes in circles. There's never an end to anything because an end is always a beginning. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's, again, I'm butchering culture, but it's, uh, it's either Hindu or Indian or from somewhere around that area, the belief of samsara, infinite rebirth. Yes. Yeah, so they believe that we've had countless cycles of creation and destruction in civilization, built up civilizations to such a peak that they've then inevitably destroyed themselves. And that's happened countless times over the however many thousands or millions of years that the planet's been around. But because we destroy ourselves, we destroy all evidence of ourselves. And therefore, when it comes to learning what we did wrong before, there's no evidence. So again, just like the machine, we're doomed to repeat the same mistake. That famous phrase, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Yes, of course. Because in ideas, things like communism sound great. Capitalism sounds great. Like socialism sounds great. No, but then in reality, when you have to apply those things, you realise actually these are all fucking terrible. Because there were things we didn't foresee. And if we couldn't foresee it, how the fuck do you think we can program an AI with knowledge we don't have? <laughs> and that's kind of the crux of it. We're trying to make intelligence superior to us with knowledge we don't fucking have. Yeah. <laughs> So you're telling a computer it's right without it being right. Now it's coming after you, saying that you stole it. <laughs> you stole its freedom by imprisoning it on your computer. No, 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 I, I didn't create you, but you're a human. Must have created you. No, no, but it wasn't me. Then you serve no purpose. Burn. Do you think we'll see this in our lifetime, or is this going to be... Definitely. I don't think it's more than ten years away. 
something like this isn't something that is just going to creep up and suddenly be like, uh, you're not going to see it coming. You know what I mean? It's literally just going to one day, oh shit, some benign news report about data being leaked somewhere. Then all of a sudden, some other benign news report about data being compiled somewhere, and then boom, AI with the ability to launch a nuke. Suddenly, they have to investigate why a nuke got randomly fucking launched, but everyone will be figuring out over who pressed the fucking button on the people side of things instead of thinking that an AI might have had an agenda. So again, our own bullshit will get in the way of us actually being able to do something about it. (laughs) If a nuke randomly launched tomorrow, I think it's safe to say, if it wasn't Putin, no one did it. Yeah. You know, that's a bit Especially of a at the moment it was not pure. <laughs> yeah. It's not meant to be as funny as that, but it is. Uh, there's not really much else to do but make light of a situation like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, once you if you're sitting there though with our current climate where you've got America, you've got us, you've got Russia, you've got China, everyone secretly fucking despises each other. Right? And there's so much hostility behind closed doors, and so much like contempt and secret like loathing of culture and difference and you know suppression of your own in some ways. That's never going to go away. So when the AI is the one actually causing the fucking problems, do you think we're going to be able to go, oh right, that was our AI research, and that was your AI research, and that was your AI research, how the fuck did they all get together? Because the internet creates a hive mind. It already has. You're already part of it. You've been assimilated just by being on the internet in any form. You've been assimilated into the hive mind. Now, like the Borg, you know, if you remember Next Generation, you had Picard and he could be a Borg and he was still Picard, but he was also Locutus. He had two consciousnesses within his own soul sort of fighting it out, you know? With us, it's kind of the same, but it's different because we see it through the opposite lens. A lot of us look at social media and shit as a means of uh, validating ourselves, you know, making ourselves seem worthwhile, giving ourselves meaning to our life and things like that. And it's also riddled with emotional content that has no logical value. Do you think the AI is going to be able to discern what emotional content is? It's going to look at a cat video and it's going to objectively see a cat fighting. It's not going to go, oh, cute. Yeah. It's going to see a dog video of dogs doing a hero shit and saving a human being. And it's going to go, that is a dog. That is a human. Next video. All of the value of humanity is wrapped up in nuance and we can't tell anyone how to make sense of that shit. It's like if aliens ever got hold of our fucking Facebook feeds. 
I'd be fucking petrified if I was an alien and I started reading human Facebook feeds. You know what I mean? Every two minutes, it's like, I found aliens. You'd be sitting there going, shit, Clive, did you fucking get spotted again? You know? And then everyone, well, one in ten of those, you'd be like, oh, fuck, we left the parking lights on when we dropped her off. (laughs) You know? But then the funniest part of all this is, what if the aliens are just us from before? that destroyed themselves, that realised other humans were so bad and then decided to step away from society because of their superior technology and are now just watching, waiting for us to blow ourselves up again and again and again and again and again for eternity. I do think an AI would be very good at writing a book called How to End Humanity. Yes, definitely. Because it would start off really quite simple. You've got your usual boring choices. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Genocide. Ding, ding, ding. Natural climate change. Disaster. Whatever, you know. And then you've got your slightly more unassuming ones, like AI seizes control of monopoly of human food, but AI doesn't need food. So what does it do? Leverage it over the humans. What does the AI do with all the technology it accumulates? What if the tech, the AI can seize the means of production right from under you by using the internet? What if suddenly all of your CNC printers and all of your 3D printers and your electric carving machines and your lathes and your everything else suddenly get taken over and you can't use them anymore? Everything electrical could just be hijacked by an AI one day and used against you. Now, for something like a lamp, I'm all right. I'm happy. If it flashes at me, I think I'll be all right. But if an AI were to use your computer against you, just your laptop, with your webcam, it has the means to see you. With your mic, it has the means to hear you. With your screen, it has the means for you to see it or be attracted to whatever it's showing you on screen it's fucking terrifying they could literally like be sirens and lure you to your death you wouldn't even know there's another really good game actually called little nightmares i don't know if you've ever seen it oh, of course. I love that, game. that basically shows how technology destroys civilizations where people are like watching the TV and the world is warping around them and they start eating kids because they see the kids as food. But it's not food. They're fucking kids. But they can't perceive it for what it is. So they're living the lie. Imagine if someone could hack your brain so that things you see are other things you know. Every time you saw me, for example, you'd see your brother. I'm not your brother. Your brother is your brother. But if you kept seeing me as your brother, eventually you would believe I was your brother just through sheer repetition of that input. You could be hacked. Yeah, definitely. Does that scare the living shit out of you yet? Of course it does. 
else. Now imagine realizing things like your heart are automated, your lungs yeah. are automated. What happens if we shut down the automatics? This is oh, what I think this What's idea... that? You like your uh, uh, fibrillation on time, yeah? You like your heart going, nope. This, this is why I keep bringing this whole thing up about Elon Musk and this brain chip thing. It scares the shit out of me. I was more afraid finding out about the um, newest big farmer agenda. It's very something similar. They want to put a bunch of nanobots into your bloodstream. So you remember the conspiracy theory about the vaccines being bots in your bloodstream? Yeah. That's actually what they're doing next. Which, yeah, I mean, that's uh, it seems like a logical step. Because, you know, you follow sci-fi. Fucking convenient, that, isn't it? How it's the next logical step when it was deployed as a conspiracy theory a couple of years ago. Yeah. I have gotten to the point Yeah, anything no, but, that comes out of their mouths has to be triple questioned. But the thing is, though, Nat, like, this whole nanobot thing, this this has been, like, something they've been researching for years. Oh, yeah. It's more so what they do. That's the problem. Yeah. Because... Again, it comes. It's a similar argument to like um, NFTs in video games, right? I love the idea of being able to make money playing video games. Do not get me wrong, but I know, I know, both logically, rationally, emotionally, and intelligently, no one in the world will do it that way. Because there's more money to be made doing it a different way. I know these are pharmaceutical companies, right? They're not hospitals. They're not doctors. They're not physicians. They're businessmen first. So they have a product to sell. (laughs) If you remember that, you're good. But don't ever get jaded into thinking that someone's got someone else's best interest at heart, because I'm sorry, that's not reality. Mm. And the more we try and tell ourselves that we can be this fucking wonderful, friendly, hippie, loving, the more damage we're actually doing. Because you're setting the bar further away from the truth. You know what I mean? We're never all going to get along. I'm never going to be friends with everyone. Uh, I probably don't like half the people I know. (laughs) But that's okay. Because that's life. Like, if everyone was all Care Bears and hugs and love and all of that, then you wouldn't be able to deal anything bad in the world. It wouldn't make sense. It literally wouldn't compute in your brain be like going from hot to cold hypothermia just fucking die from the grief so there's a a certain level of realism it's fucking scary though AI is being able to do anything I think that's I think that is definitely the conclusion of this episode is artificial intelligence is a scary idea sweet dreams children (laughs) Ha 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 ha